welcome to New Life Lutheran Podcast, where new life in Christ is celebrated and we explore together how to live the Christian life with excellence. Thanks for listening today. You can find our podcast at nllutheranpodcast.com. You can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play Music. If you have any questions for Pastor Eric or would like to suggest topics for our podcast, you can email Pastor Eric at erik.anderson at nllutheran.com. Well, I'm Pastor Ben. It's my privilege to uh, share God's word with you today. And uh, I'm especially excited this week because this week is Thanksgiving week. And I love Thanksgiving week because this is normally the time when I can travel down south, well, the middle of America, southern Missouri, and, and visit my family. So that's where my parents live. That's where my brothers live and their families live. So we just all get together during Thanksgiving And we just have a great week together and we don't get to do that very often. So it's a very, very special week. It's also very special because we also celebrate Christmas at that exact same time. As a pastor, as you can imagine, the Christmas season is crazy busy. And so I don't have a lot of time to sneak out and and do Christmas celebrations because of all the stuff that's going on here. So what we do is we have Thanksgiving one day with my family And then the next day we put up the tree and then we have Christmas. And so it's the best of both worlds, right? All the best holidays put together. But even if it was just Thanksgiving, right? Even if Christmas wasn't attached, I love Thanksgiving because of what Thanksgiving is all about, right? Thanksgiving is a time when we just slow down. We reflect on our lives of what God has done for us, right? We tend to think over the last year and think, how has God blessed me? And what am I thankful for? Now, I know what you're thinking. As you reflect back on 2020, you might be thinking, there's nothing to be thankful for. Because the truth is, and we all know this, 2020 has been a year of loss. Maybe for some of you, you lost a job. Maybe for some of you, your business closed. Maybe for some of you, you lost a loved one or loved ones during this very difficult, difficult time. But I think we can all agree that at the very, very least, we've all lost normalcy. Right, the regular rhythms that we had grown to love were taken from us. And it's just been a very, very challenging year. And so I understand if when you gather around your Thanksgiving table that you might struggle trying to think of something that you are thankful for that happened this past year. But you know, I think sometimes what we do as humans is we have a short-term memory, right? Sometimes we reflect just on our past year when what we should do and maybe the healthier thing to do is to actually reflect on the totality of our life and how God has blessed us. I know in in my personal life, one time in my life that I always like to think about is my first year in marriage. Now, when Ashley and I got married, we we lived in a a city called Sioux City. We lived in Iowa. And and we had this tiny little $400 a month apartment. Now, that was the cheapest apartment that you could get in Sioux City, the only apartment that we could afford while I was working at a church and she was working for the small Christian school. And there was a reason it was $400. You see, when I put my new key into the lock, opened it and opened the door, the strange thing happened. 
the whole floor moved. It was not a construction problem. Those were the roaches running from the light of the open door. That was the apartment that we had. So I went to Home Depot. I fumigated my apartment. I found out later you shouldn't do that if people are living next to you, but I think they're okay. Right, but I killed all of the roaches. And then for two weeks, I scooped up roaches and dumped them into the garbage can. Then I looked around our apartment and there was holes all over the wall. So I patched up the walls and then I painted. That was the apartment that I moved my new bride into and I moved my stuff into, which at that point in time was just a car load of my Toyota Camry. That was everything I owned fit in my Camry. So it kind of gives you a picture of what was going on in our lives at that point in time. Ashley moved her stuff in and here was her critique. She was fine with the apartment, but she wasn't a big fan of my air mattress that I was sleeping on and wasn't excited about us having an air mattress as a married couple. And so we went off to the store and we made our big investment of getting a mattress that we set uh, right on the floor. But that was our life, right? That was our life for a season. We would go to the mall and we would window shop because we didn't have the money to buy anything. So we'd just look. We just enjoyed going there and looking at what could be maybe someday. We would go to the pet store and we'd look at dogs that we never could get, but we thought maybe someday we could. We'd eat dinner and we'd talk about how do people afford homes? Like we couldn't even fathom what that would be like to actually go into a bank and get a home and sign on the dotted line. Like we never thought we would ever get there. We never fathomed that would be a reality in our lives. You see, when we reflect back on the totality of our lives and we see what God has done for us, it changes our perspective. That ingratitude quickly turns to gratitude. And sometimes when we were driving through Iowa, in fact, every time we drive past Sioux City, Iowa, every time we pull off and we drive past that little apartment, just to remind ourselves of the blessings that, that God has given us. Well, today we're going to move into part four of our sermon series, I Promise. And in this sermon series, this is what we're doing. We're looking at the singular promise that God tells us that he will provide for us. So the question we've been asking ourselves is, how does God provide for us? Now, if you were here last week, this is going to feel very much like a continuation of a conversation. Almost like I, I could have just kept going for another 20 minutes last week and put this all together. And so you're going to see all the connection points. But if you weren't here last week, you can still catch up. We always have our sermons available on our website, so you can check out part three, or if you missed the rest of the series, you can go back and, and get the whole, whole picture. But I'm gonna give you a quick recap, right? So if you weren't here, you don't have to feel bad. I'm gonna help you out, okay? So last week, our big takeaway was this, that God provides by giving us time and talent. Right, God provides for us by giving us time and talent. Every one of us has time and talent. And then what we do is we take that and we invest it into life. Right? We work for somebody or we start a business and we take that time and talent and we turn it into treasure. Right? We get the paycheck, we get the money. And then we take that money and we provide for ourselves, we provide for our family, we provide for our church family and we provide for those in need. But here's the tricky thing with that. Sometimes when we take our time and our talent and we turn it into treasure through hard work, right? once we get there, sometimes our focus actually shifts 
to the treasure. And we can get obsessed with the treasure. In fact, this is how the Apostle Paul says it. He says this, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Now, you've probably heard this section of Scripture before. I've heard this section of Scripture before. In fact, I've heard this section of Scripture misquoted often. A lot of times people will say, well, everyone knows that money is the root of all evil. But notice that's not what Paul says. No, he says, the love of money is the root of all evil. You see, Paul knew the problem is when we take our focus off the one who provides, God, and we turn to what he has provided, the provision. And then we get obsessed with the provision. It's all we can think about. And then that creates the problem. And this is a problem whether you have a lot or you have a little, right? When you have a lot and all you can think about is getting more, we call that greed. And that creates problem and turmoil in your life. When you don't think you have enough, but you want what someone else has, we call that envy. And that's equally as destructive. But both these things, greed and envy, they both create problems in our life. So this is what we're gonna do today. We're going to actually look into this week of Thanksgiving and take those principles, right? That idea of being grateful for what God has given us. And we're gonna put some focus there so we can have the best Thanksgiving ever. So we're going to keep moving through Paul's writing, and this is what he says. He's talking to this young man named Timothy. He says, as for those who in the present age are rich. And so like I said, this is the Apostle Paul teaching, and he's talking to a young pastor named Timothy who he's mentoring and caring for, and he's preparing him to interact with people. And the people he's interacting with here specifically are rich people. Now, when I say the word rich, I know already you have somebody in your mind, right? There was a picture, there was a face, there was a type of person that popped into your mind. Maybe it's a fellow church member. Maybe it's your boss. Maybe it's somebody that we've all heard of like Bill Gates, right? Millionaires, billionaires, right? These people who have everything. You see, when we hear the word rich, that's what we do. We always put someone in our mind who has more than us, and that we think of them as rich, which is a pretty common human thing to do, right? See, when we, we feel like we don't have enough, we always are comparing ourselves to somebody who has more, right? When we are ungrateful for what we have, we're always looking at somebody who has more than us. That's what we do as humans. But here's an interesting flip side of that. Right, when we feel like we don't have enough, we compare ourselves to somebody who has more, but we wanna deem ourselves good enough, right? When we wanna see ourselves as good enough or justify our actions, what we do is we look at somebody who does something worse than us, right? And so we look at them and we say, oh, they sin this way, I don't sin that way. Or they behave this way and I don't behave that way. Right, we compare ourselves to somebody less than us. And both of these mentalities, both of these mindsets create problems. You see, what we're supposed to do is flip these things. When we think about ourselves being good enough, we're supposed to look at Jesus and we realize we are not good enough and we need some serious help. And when we flip the other one, we look at people who have less than us 
And we very quickly realize how many blessings we truly, truly have. And so as we think about this passage, what I want you to do is think about somebody, instead of that rich person in your mind, I want you to put someone in your mind who has something less than you, right? Maybe they don't have as nice a house as you. Maybe they don't have a house, right? Maybe they're in a $400 apartment with roaches. I don't know, right? Somebody who has a car that always is breaking down, isn't as nice as yours. Somebody who does not have a 401k, all they have is credit card debt, right? Put that person in your mind and now just think about what that person thinks of you. You see, you're the rich person in their mind. So as Paul has this conversation about Timothy talking to rich people, I want us to all be a part of this conversation, right? He's talking to us. He's talking to us no matter how few blessings we have, we have more blessings than somebody else. So this is what he says. Command them not to be haughty. Right, so he's telling Timothy, talk to these people who have these resources, who are rich, and tell them not to be haughty. What he's gonna cover here is a couple pitfalls that we run into when we have excess, when we have money. So he says, don't be haughty. In other words, don't view yourselves as superior. You see, oftentimes what happens is once we arrive, once we have what we've always sought after, then we start separating ourselves from people who don't have those things. It might be, oh, I have a nicer car, so I don't associate with them that, that they drive a junker, right? Or I wear these clothes, so I don't associate with people who wear these clothes. Or I'm in this status level and they're at this status level, and so we don't really interact. And Paul's saying, don't get caught into that trap, right? No matter how much you have, don't disconnect from people just because of what they don't have. Well, here's the next pitfall that he wants us to avoid. He says, or to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches. So he says, don't look down on people because of what they don't have. And also, don't take your focus from the provider and put it on the provision, because we have a tendency to do this, don't we? Right, we think if I only had, then I would be happy, and then I would be secure. Right, if I could only trade in my old car and get a new car, then I wouldn't have to worry about it breaking down and that would give me security. If I just had this much money in my savings, then I wouldn't have to worry and be stressed out all the time, and then I would have certainty. If I could only get that better healthcare coverage, then when things would happen, then I would be okay, right? We, we do these things and we put our focus from God and we put them on the things that we own because that's where we're finding our security from. And I think that's where a lot of us probably were until March 2020. And we all remembered what happened in March 2020, right? That's when the news broke that the pandemic was a global phenomenon and it wasn't going to just be isolated in some country that we don't think about a lot. And it freaked us out. And our president came in and said, you all need to stay at home no matter what the reason because we need to flatten the curve. And we were scared and we were nervous. And as a church, we had to respond. And so we went from having live in-person worship service to broadcasting a service online. And this is what happened. We had the biggest weekend attendance in our church's history that first week. Now, how is that possible? Because all these things that people were looking to for certainty, their bank account, their car, 
their health insurance. They understood so quickly how fleeting those things were and what happened. Their focus shifted from the provision to the provider. And they all flocked to church to recalibrate their lives around God instead of what God had provided. Well, Paul moves on. He says this, but rather on God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. So Paul's gonna make a shift here. He's giving us the warnings, right? Here's the two pitfalls, but here's the better way to do it. He said, first of all, look at God. God richly blesses each and every one of us. Now, why does he do this? Paul says it's for our enjoyment, right? It's okay to have things and it's okay to enjoy things because God is our heavenly father. This uh, upcoming week, like I said, I'm gonna celebrate Christmas a month before everyone else, but nonetheless, I'm gonna celebrate Christmas and I'm excited for Christmas. And one of the reasons that I'm excited about it is because I have toys for my kids and we're gonna wrap them up and they're gonna open them up. And what I'm hoping is when they open them that they are filled with joy and excitement and I wanna see the look on their face when they see this, right? Because they will know their dad loves them and provided for them. That's like God, right? He wants to see us enjoy the things that he has provided. I want my kids to open up that present. I want them to go and play with it right away, all day. And when they go to bed, I'm hoping they take it with them and put it next to their pillow because that will make me feel good that I have done something well and have showed my love. That's God for us, right? He richly blesses us and he wants us to enjoy those things. Well, here's what else Paul says. He says, they, those things, are to do good, to be rich in good works, generous and ready to share. So we have these blessings from God for our enjoyment, but there's also another reality, right? We are supposed to be generous with these things. We are blessed to be a blessing. And around New Life, especially during this season of the holidays, we get this, right? A little bit ago, we had this crib outside and it was for people in our community who didn't have warm clothes, blankets, and coats. And so you guys responded and we filled that whole crib up so that people had something, right? They had these warm clothes, they had these blankets, they had these coats. What were we doing? We were blessing people from our blessing, right? We were blessing people from our blessing. Right now, there's a Christmas tree in the back and it's covered with paper ornaments. And you guys probably know what that's all about, right? You take an ornament, there's a, a request on there, you go to the store, you buy it, you wrap up the present, you put it back under the tree, and we give that to somebody who cannot afford a family Christmas, right? So we buy their gifts for them so they can have a good Christmas. We bless people from our blessings. Uh, during the pandemic, one of our life groups came up with this great idea they found out there was a, a very real need in our community where kids were getting sent home, right? They would get sick, they would get a sniffle, and in normal days, they would just stay there, right? They'd talk to the nurse, and the nurse would say, get back in class. But during this, they get sent home right away. Well, if they're relying on that food, that lunch, that creates an issue. They get sent home, and there was nothing for them. And so one of our life groups stepped up and started sending pizzas to these kids. So when they got home, they would have some food, right? We're blessing from our blessing. And that's why I love our life group model, where we join together, we share life together, we grow in our faith together, and then we partner together to live out that faith and bless from our blessing. 
Well, Paul goes on. He says, thus, storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future. So Paul's made the shift. Now he's talked about the pitfalls. He's talked about the better way. And now he's going to talk about the benefits. So he talks about the storing up treasure. Now, this is an interesting thing because in our faith, we are not saved by good works. We are saved by a good work of God, of Jesus Christ on the cross, right? That is the good work that saves us. And we are saved through faith in Christ, right? By grace, that is the good work. But from that, as Christ followers, we become more and more and more like Jesus. And scripture has this, this truth built into it that when we live out and we are good and faithful servants of the king, that we get something later on. There's a treasure waiting for us. Now, I don't know what exactly what that looks like, but we're told there, there is a treasure waiting for us. As we live out our lives and followers of Christ, we have this eternal treasure that doesn't necessarily manifest in this life, but we know it's waiting for us in the future. And Paul talks about something else too. He says, so that they may take hold of the life that really is life. You see, as followers of Christ, we see the world differently. We live our lives differently. And not only do we store up treasures in heaven, but also when we see the world differently, we see life for what it truly is about. It's not about what we have, or what we can own. It's about the king. It's about the provider. We begin to see the world differently. We begin to love people differently. We begin to care about people differently. And then we pour our blessings on the people to honor the king who loves everyone. So as we finish up part four today, this is the truth that we hold on to as we, we take it into our Thanksgiving week. This is the promise that God promises to provide through our blessings. God has richly blessed every one of us to pour our blessings onto others, to show our love to others. Now, I know it's 2020, and I know like most of us feel like we are a $400 a month apartment type people right now. But as we look over the total story of our life and see how God has richly blessed us and provided for us and taken care of us time and time and time and time again. We not only cultivate a spirit of gratitude, but we also can bless those around us.